Hello, and welcome to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to encourage you in your daily walk with God. And now, here are some thoughts from our dad, Brad McClure. Hello, and welcome back to the Pulpit to Pew podcast. So glad you chose to join us once again this week. And this week on the podcast, I'm going to answer some of your questions. Every once in a while, I'll get asked some questions. Sometimes they're podcast related, and sometimes it's just someone at church or and uh, I had a, I've had a couple people at church ask me some questions, and then I've had some on the podcast. So I'm going to answer two of the questions today that I've received. I received these a couple months ago, and I want to talk about them today because I I need to get to them. I haven't got to them yet, but number two is I'm just spending a lot of time right now studying. I'm going to be preaching either this Sunday night or next Sunday night at my church. And I am taking, so just in case you see it on here, don't you think, oh, I've already heard this. I'm taking all of the things that I talked about in those three weeks about David being alone in the cave and and, and David singing in the cave and David uh, overwhelmed in the cave. And I have taken those two passages, Psalm 57 and Psalm 142, and then I've taken the passage in 1 Samuel 22, in its context. And I have just been diving even deeper in this and trying to figure out what is going on in this text. What does God have for us? And I'm telling you today, and the day I'm recording this, this morning, I had a piece of paper out and I just do it kind of like a brainstorm mapping of the text and everything. And all of a sudden I'm telling you, outline begin to come together, points, uh, illustrations, the truths. It, it, I don't know how to describe it, if you've ever taught a lesson or preached a message, it just, you get in what I call the flow and you just sense this is the direction God wants you to go. And I cannot wait to preach it. I don't know when it's going to be yet. I'm being patient because my brother's going to make the decision. It's either going to be this Sunday night or next Sunday night, but um, I'm ready to preach that message. But I want to answer your questions first. Because I've really today been thinking on these questions as well. I've been thinking on that message that I just talked about, but I've really been thinking on these on these questions. And so let's get right to the first question. The first question was this. How do we get brokenhearted over our sin? And then there's it ties to that one. He continued, how do we see our sin as God sees it? What a good question. I think almost if you have to ask this question, this is not sarcastic. I, I tend to have a doctorate in sarcasm, but this is not sarcasm. If you're asking how to get broken heart over your sin, you probably are on the right path because you're you're even caring. People that don't care are not going to be broken over their sin. But I was thinking through this. The, there's a one phrase answer, but I'm going to break it down and I'm going to reframe it. Okay. The one word answer is this. When you draw close to God, you become more broken over your sin. That's the one line answer. Okay. And if I had to illustrate that biblically, I would take you to Isaiah 6, I think. I could probably go to a few places. But in Isaiah 6, he says this. Isaiah writes, he says, in, in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon his throne high and lifted up. And his train filled the temple. That's his, it's not an actual train that goes choo-choo, okay? It was a, the, the robe, the garment. It filled the temple. 
and above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings, with twain he did cover his face, with twain he did cover his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried to another, and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. So I don't know what happened that day or what was going on that morning, but now Isaiah is given this vision and he gets to see the holy God, these seraphim saying, holy, holy, holy. And he gets to see that at least the the train, it, it, how it filled the temple. And he sees, he says, the Lord sitting on the throne. And I've read all that to you already, I know. But listen to verse five. Then said I, woe is me. Woe is me. He didn't say, wow, this is beautiful. He didn't say, Wow, this is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Look at the how majestic that vision is. No, he said, Woe is me, for I am undone. Because I'm a man of unclean lips. Well, hold on, hold on now. Whoa, 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 whoa. Isaiah, God's not rebuking you here. He didn't say, You are sinful. He didn't say that. All he did was show up. Well, guess what? The closer you get to God, God doesn't have to say anything. You're just broken. Absolutely broken over your sin. He said, I'm unclean. I'm in the midst of people that are unclean. I I, I, I can't even be here. Isn't that what Peter, James, and John did? They fell on their faces when they saw just a glimpse of the glory of God. And and John on the Isle of Patmos fell on his face. And so I think that the the simple, not the simple, it's not simple, but the one-line answer is draw close to God. If I had to reframe it, I was thinking about this, and I had thought about giving illustrations of personal illustrations to reframe it in a different way, but I just, I'm hesitant to for different reasons. So we'll see how, where this goes, but, but let's reframe it and ask it in a little different way. Let's just, let's just change it and say, how do I get brokenhearted over someone else's trial? Okay. Let's think about that. So let's say somebody in Idaho is going through a trial right now. They lost a loved one. They're going through a difficult time. Do you know what the pain level for me, the brokenness for me over that person in Idaho is right now? It's really nothing. And it feels dirty and hateful to say that, but really it's nothing because I don't know that person in Idaho. I don't know anything about it. But now, let's say... I go from not knowing anything, so I have no brokenness, to I hear about it. You know, if you have social media, you can get on Facebook, and you hear about a lot of people going through trials. And I'm going to tell you, when I hear about those, I followed one lady that was battling with with cancer. No, 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 it wasn't cancer. It was something to which her organs were just shutting down. But she was a gifted writer, and I would read her write about death. And I tell you, that that began to grip me, but and 
till I just said that live, not live, but recording here on this podcast, I had forgotten about her. She did pass away, but I don't know her personally. So there's been times when it moved me and it hurt me, but I, I, I don't know her personally. But when, when you're close to someone, when you're friends with someone, when you're family with someone, and when they go through something that hurts, it hurts you and you grieve with it and you feel the pain. I think of Chris Chavez to me when my son died, he's, he became a friend and he's continued to be a friend. I think of others in the trials that I went through over the last four or five years that have become close friends to me and they've cared for me throughout this and they and, and they sense the pain and they feel it because they know me and they live with me. They hear me complain about it. They're with me all the time through it. And so it goes back to my illustration. The closer you are, the more broken you are over your sin because the farther removed you are, the less it bothers you. So how do I become broken over my sin? I've got to draw nigh to God. I've got to spend time with him. And when I spend time with him, he doesn't have to say anything. I hate my sin. That's a good question. I like that question. I would say this. You say, well, I don't even know. Well, listen, if I had to add to that, I would say, listen to God. Just listen to him. Because, you know, when when people have been walking with me through the trials over the last several years or uh, through the death of my son, you know what people that are close to me have done? They've listened to the pain. They've heard it, and so they know where the pain is. And when we listen to God, we know what hurts Him. We know what grieves Him. But we got to be willing to listen to God. So good question. Second one won't take me near as long, but let's talk about this next one. The second question is this. How do we take and actually apply God's Word to our lives? What a good question. I like that. I think it comes from a good heart as well. If you, you're wanting to do this, that's why you asked the question. But how do we take and actually apply God's word to our lives? I wrote a few things down in my notes as I've just been meditating on this thought. Number one, I think you gotta you got to understand it. If you don't understand God's word, then you're not gonna apply it. And that's what I'm running into a lot of. A lot of people just don't understand the Bible. And I'm I'm wrestling with answers for that. Not because I don't know answers for that, but I feel like to answer that, you need to invest time. It's Maybe it's the teacher in me. It's one of the reasons why I have this podcast. I, I don't mind if pastors and evangelists and missionaries listen to this. And if it's a help to them, that's great. But I really, this podcast is just about everyday people that go to work. And they want a little extra Bible in their time. And I, and I want to explain it and hopefully be helpful. That's my heart. And so it's hard to answer this one because I don't, you're not going to apply God's word if you don't understand it. And a lot of times it's easy to say, well, you don't understand it because you don't read it. Well, no, maybe some people really genuinely read it. They just don't understand it. Um, and so it's it's hard for me to answer this without investing a lot. But I think some, and, and, I'm, and I'm, I want to do some things in the future to help with that problem that I get all the time from people. I just don't understand it, they'll say. But I do believe we have the Holy Spirit inside of us that one of his purposes is to illumine or to help us. So I think you start every reading sessions, especially if you're struggling with it, 
every reading session saying, God, I'm doing this out of obedience to you and love for you. And I want to, I just don't understand right now. Help me to understand. Give me, may the Holy Spirit give me understanding. I think you pray that prayer. Now, if you say it word for word, then you're kind of doing Brad worship and that's a little weird. Okay. But I think you pray something similar to that and you just talk to God. That part's not hard. It's not hard to talk to God. Talk to God. And you know one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to guide you into truth. And so ask God to do what he's promised to do. That's one. But I think you do get some help. I think not only the help of the Holy Spirit but in, in prayer, but you do. I think you can get some books that are going to help you. There's nothing wrong with that. There's websites called Esword, Precept Austin, uh, Power Bible used to be. I don't know if it's still a thing. There's some commentaries you can get. If you truly want to study... You know, there are good source resources out there. Warren Wiersbe, uh, J. Vernon McGee, some old time I've given to some people. There's some good sources out there. There's some free commentaries. Matthew, Hem- Matthew Henry commentary. Uh, there's a Clark commentary, a Barnes commentary. Now, do I agree with all of these guys on everything? No, but the majority of the stuff they're going to say is going to help you. So... So get some helps if you want. And it doesn't take a long time. You're like, oh, I can't. It's going to take even longer. No, I have them on my iPad and my phone. And I just looked up some words today and it took me no time. It took me 30 seconds. So get some help like that. But then how do we actually apply it? You got to understand it first. And so that's where I kind of got bogged down there. But but when you understand the truth, then take small action steps. I gave you one today. I didn't realize it. I give you one. I said... Okay, if we know from the book of John that the Holy Spirit is our guide and he's to guide us into all truth. So what I tell you to do, I told you to take a small action step when you read your Bible. I said, just pray, say, God, I want to understand it. You said the Holy Spirit is going to guide me into truth. So you, will you allow the Holy Spirit to help me understand something today? That's a small action step. And so read something. I was encouraging a teenager this week. Just read John 1 and write down. This is my next step. Journal something. Don't you, you just get a notepad, get a pen and begin to journal. I don't care about journal like write down today. I did this and this and this and I have a crush on this. Per-. No, journal your thoughts. Write your thoughts on paper. What you read chapter 1, what did you understand? You read chapter one. What did you not understand? What are words you need to look up later? What are words that that gripped your heart? But get practical with it. And then write them down because when you write them down in a note card or something, keep it with you and, and that helps you to meditate on it, to think about it, to think about. I got one truth today. I read this truth about seizing from anger. And so I'm going to keep that with me all day. I'm going to write on a little card and I'm going to put it in my pocket or I'm going to put it somewhere and I want to think about it. I want to think about it. I want to think about it. I want to cease from anger. I don't get angry. And when I start to feel angry, I'm thinking about it. And just find little small action steps to keep what you read that day that you asked the Holy Spirit to teach you and he did to keep it on your mind and think about it all day. When, when you take those little steps, that's going to help you apply God's word. Wow, I'm at 15 minutes already. I didn't think it was going to take me that long, but I, the, I, those two questions I loved. I love those two questions. I love answering questions, and I'm, I'm really getting hung up lately on people just saying, I don't understand the Bible, because I don't think that's how it's supposed to be. 
I don't think there was a time when the Catholic Church just basically said, don't bring your Bible. The Pope will interpret the Bible for you. That's dangerous. We need to know the Bible and study the Bible, but so many of us just give up. And I don't think it has to be that way. So study the Word of God. Well, I hope those two questions that someone asked were helped to you. If you have some questions, you can send me a message. I'll try to get to them like this one took me two months. So if you think I'm going to get to it the next week, it may not happen. But I hope that that was a help and encouragement to you. Thank you so much for being a part of the podcast. Thank you for your kind words. If you would, if you want to help, go leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Leave a review on the Facebook page. I would really appreciate that. I love your feedback on how God is working in your heart. All right. I'm going to think of some ramblings. I'm going to ramble here in a minute. So we'll see you back Sunday. We're continuing our study in 1 John. This is going to be a good study. I hope you got to listen to the first one. I think there's some good backdrop into that. If you did, let's answer this quiz question out loud in your car. What is Gnosticism? Do you remember? We're going to talk more about it next week. All right, that's it. Off to the ramblings. Have a good week. Hey, welcome back to the ramblings. Thanks for sticking around. I couldn't figure out how to end that last podcast, so I just kind of kept rambling. And um, this time I'm recording the ramblings right after I just rambled. So anyways, um, I hope that that was a help to you. It was a, it was a help to me. I just I liked talking about those issues. And uh, I want to do some more of those, maybe on the newsletter, bradmcclure.org. Go to join the Pulpit of Pew crew. Sign up for the free newsletter. It comes out every Monday. I already mentioned something about subscribing, leaving a review. And guess what? I am the proud grandpa of kittens. We have kittens now at our place. How exciting that's going to be. But you know what I think is amazing? This is just my rambling. I literally had zero plan of saying that. But I'm just pumped to have little kittens, even though it's going to become more of a nuisance than anything. But... What is neat is that mama cat, watching that mama cat just take care of those kittens. And I was thinking this. This is random, all right? This is where my family makes fun of me. Nobody trained that cat on how to do that. Like, I never sat down with our cat named Jellybean and said, Hey, Jellybean, listen, you know what? You're going to be a mama. Here's what you're going to need to do. You're going to need to... No, I didn't do any of that. All of a sudden, there was babies one day and I'm sure she was like whoa here's little things squirming around and now they're feeding on me and she's just becoming a mom and caring it's the coolest thing to me to watch it but the one thought that I gotta I gotta stop I gotta I gotta be done is this God cares for us if a cat that doesn't know anything can care for its kittens how much more Does God, who knows everything, care for us? I love that thought. Have a great week.